And I believe that God has such an anointing message uh, to share with us tonight. The series is called Sufficiency Deficiency. But we've been pushing back on our feelings of insufficiency and inadequacy, pushing it back against this pressure to measure to cultural standards around us. And here in Exodus, we encounter an interesting dialogue between God and Moses, in which God is placing a call upon Moses' life to lead the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. And it's kind of a lengthy passage, I'll go ahead and warn you, as we get started. So sit back, get comfortable, and let my beautiful oratory skills transport you into this magnificent story and this dialogue we see between God and Moses. Starting in verse 10, God's word says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice. And you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, and now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. How many of y'all would have done the exact same thing? But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood 
on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, with which you shall do the signs. I want to approach this narrative from the subject of confronting your insufficiencies. How many of you have ever been a part of a good confrontation with somebody over something? Show of hands. Anybody just been in a good confrontation? Anybody just been in a good argument with somebody? I was in a nice little confrontation with a certain cable company in this area just the other day about some cable issues we've been having in this building specifically. Oddly enough, we come in here to turn on the TV one day. We used to have about, I don't know, 70 to 80 channels. We walk in here and we've got like six and so we can't figure out what the problem is. So thus, we've got to call the cable company. And it's never just easy, is it? You know, so I begin to explain to the guy, hey, this is the deal. You know, we used to have about 70 or 80 channels. Now we've got about six. And he's like, well, I see you've got a basic package, just $9.99 a month, and, and, and only going to give you local channels. I'm like, cool. How did we get to the basic package? Because we didn't used to have that. We used to have about 70 or 80 different channels. He said, yeah, but you've got a basic package. So now you're only going to get about six or seven. I was like, I hear you, dog. What I'm trying to tell you is we didn't used to have the basic package. Somehow wires got crossed. For three years we had about 70 to 80 channels. Now we only got about six. And I kid you not, for the third time this man says back to me, but you got the basic package. I said, let me transfer you back to my financial secretary because I'm about to lose my witness. It was a bad time for me to call from Underwood Baptist Church to this cable company. We had a nice little confrontation get stirred up the other day. But it could be with anybody. It could be with your spouse. It could be with your parents. It could be with siblings. It could be with friends. It could be with your professor. I had a nice little confrontation with the professor when I was at UNA one time too. Over a grade, it happens. You know, sometimes you got to set the record straight. As Moses is having this dialogue with God over this calling on his life, he's having a bit of a confrontation. But it's not necessarily that Moses is having a confrontation with God. It's that he's having a confrontation with himself a little bit. And I want to make it clear that definitively to confront something is to come face to face with an issue. I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. So we see Moses coming face to face with some issues that he has concerning the job that God is trying to give him. So he begins to make excuses for why he shouldn't and can't be the man for the job. Who am I that I should go? Who am I, God, that I should go and liberate your people from the Egyptians? If I go, they won't listen to or believe me. They'll think I'm crazy. They'll say, the Lord didn't appear to you. You're crazy, Moses. We're not listening to any of that stuff. And, and besides, I can't speak well anyway. I'm not a gifted communicator. I can't walk up to Pharaoh and give him these instructions because I, I can't even speak. I can't even form a thought. Just send someone else. And you know, the more that I looked into it in light of this 
topic that we've been discussing the past couple of weeks. So I found that they're not really excuses. Moses is confronting what are actually insufficiencies. And for some of you, God's brought a calling into your life. And you've been having a little bit of a confrontation with that calling because you don't think you're the right person for the job, and so you're giving back some excuses. But let me make a suggestion to you. Perhaps they're not excuses at all. Maybe they're insufficiencies. On the flip side of this, let me ask you guys this because I want to know. How many of you are non-confrontational? Show of hands. How many of you are non-confrontational? Like you just avoid it at all costs. You hate the awkwardness of it. You don't want to get into it. You, you will wait until it absolutely just has to be addressed before you will step up into any kind of confrontation. I know a lot of people that are just flat out non-confrontational. You don't want to be any part of any kind of high-level discussion where an, an issue has to be addressed. So you're, you're the rug sweepers, right? Like you pick the rug up and you sweep it under there until you literally can't walk across the rug anymore without tripping over it because you swept so much junk underneath it. You're just non-confrontational. But listen to me. If we're going to drive back our sufficiency deficiency, we've got to get confrontational. Avoiding this problem does nothing to fix it. Actually, it worsens it. So tonight we're going to get face-to-face. Everybody say face-to-face. As a matter of fact, turn to somebody beside you and just get right up in their face and be like, face to face. And you better hope to God they got some gum in their mouth or something. We're about to get face to face. We're about to get confrontational with our insufficiencies tonight with some aspects that I think fall under the I'm insufficient umbrella. That I think many of us have just accepted as being part of our lives. And the first one being that I'm insignificant. I'm insignificant. Go back to Exodus chapter 3 and look at verse 11 for me. And we're going to work through Moses' responses to God's call upon his life. Look at what he says in verse 11. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? What you need to understand is that Moses, like every single one of us in here, has a past. When God shows up with this calling, Moses isn't even in Egypt anymore. Let me add this. This is free. It really has nothing else to do with my message tonight. But I want to I let you guys in on a little secret that I've learned from life experience. A lot of times God's calling comes in extremely unexpected places. Moses isn't even in the land of Egypt anymore, yet God's calling him to go lead his people out of it. Moses is in a place called Midian. Why is Moses in Midian? Because he attacked an Egyptian and killed him because he saw him oppressing one of his Israelite buddies. So Moses is walking down the street one day, and he sees this Egyptian beating up on an Israelite. Moses gets infuriated about this, drags the Egyptian off the guy, beats him to a pulp, ends up killing the guy, burying him in the sand. His overreaction causes him to run. That's exactly what overreacting will do in your life, by the way. It will cause you to run away from the problems that you create. But the problem is they never get dealt with. So Moses has ran away from his problems, and he's in the land of Midian, and God shows up with this calling. And when he says that he's going to use them, Moses responds, with, who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go and do this job? Moses sees himself as being insignificant. In other words, he doesn't even see himself as being worthy of the consideration for the job that God has. And I can tell you why. Because this mindset stems from his past. 
God shows up with this call upon his life. And he says, Moses, I want you to go and liberate my people. And Moses says, who am I that I should go? God, don't you know what I did? God, don't you know what my past is? Don't you know what my overreaction was? Don't you know what my mistake is? I mean, I killed this guy. I buried him in the sand, and I ran away because if they found out, they would have killed me. I can't go back and do this. I'm insignificant for the job. And I know many of you, like me, have your deficiency laced with insignificance. Well, I'm not sure about that, God. I'm not sure about this, this calling that you want to place upon my life. I mean, I know what I've done. I know the things that I've said. I know the places that I've been. There's no way I can be used for that kind of purpose. Who am I? I'm insignificant. But mine and Moses' insufficiency doesn't end there. It carries on into this thought of me being ordinary. Go back and look at Exodus chapter 49, verse 1. Moses responds again to God a second time, and it says that Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. After God tells Moses, Nevertheless, Nevertheless, Moses, even though you don't think that you're significant enough to go and do the job, I want you to go and do it anyway. Moses responds with, they won't listen to me. They won't believe me. Why? Because I'm ordinary. There's nothing special about me. I don't stand out. I have no platform. I don't have any influence. I don't have any clout. And people don't listen to or believe in an average, non-influential, unpopular person, God. In case you didn't know. People don't listen to those kind of people. People don't listen to the people like that, that, that have no influence, that have no following. Moses is like, God, you ain't looked at my Instagram, bro. Only got like 25 followers on that deal. And half of them are my family. I'm not important. I'm not anybody. I don't have no platform. I'm just an ordinary, plain old guy. I can't go and do this. If I say that God spoke to me, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. We don't believe that, Moses. Why would God show up to you, murderer? I don't know about y'all, but most of my life I feel like a defect. I feel like I'm deficient because I'm ordinary, because I'm mediocre, because I look at myself in the mirror and I think, man, people like me are a dime a dozen. God, I can't step into this calling. I can't, I can't lead people. I can't, I can't preach your word. You're gonna I'm just ordinary. I'm just, I'm nothing. I'm not cool. I don't have any cool factor about me. I can't do this. People don't want to listen to anything that I have to say. Why would they want to listen to me? Scores of believers, listen, are refusing to step into and fulfill callings because you feel unimportant, you feel not influential, you feel average, you feel basic, whatever term it is that you want to attach to it, you feel completely useless and ordinary. They won't listen to me, Lord, I'm just an ordinary person. And this is driving your deficiency. But for me, it even goes on further like it does with Moses into this realm of now that it's not that I'm just insignificant, it's not that I'm just ordinary, it's that I'm also unusable. Look in verse 10 of chapter 4. Moses responds to God for a third time, and he says, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and of tongue. This is now the third occasion in which Moses reasons to God why he isn't the person to be used. Let me tell you what I've learned about people with a sufficiency deficiency. Let me, let me rephrase that. Let me tell you what I've learned about myself. I'm not going to say people. 
God has taught me this about myself. Let me tell you what I've learned about myself and my own sufficiency deficiency is that, is that we're good at giving reasons for why we can. But we're great at giving reasons for why we can't. And for Moses, it's because he can't speak well. I don't know what his deal was. I don't know if he stuttered. I don't know if he had a lisp. I don't know if he was ADD and couldn't hold a thought. I don't know if he was dyslexic and got his words backwards when he was trying to say them. I don't know exactly what the impediment was that Moses claimed to have. But it was a viable concern. And I'll tell you why, because only those who were well-spoken were allowed into Pharaoh's courts to address him. So Moses being really good at reasoning and trying to get himself out of it because he feels insufficient, thinks he backs God into a corner right here. The insignificant stuff didn't work. The ordinary stuff didn't work. I'll get him with the unusual, with the unusual, with the unusable stuff. Because this is legitimate. They won't even let me in the doors because they know I can't speak well to hear this guy. And I, I love what God's response was, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But in any case, Moses is essentially saying to God, I can't be used. I'm not gifted. I have no talents. I don't have any outstanding qualities or features. God, you need somebody that, that you can work with. God, you need somebody special. You need somebody that you can use. And once again, I know there are some people in this room tonight that feel the same way. You feel insufficient because you think you're unusable. I don't have anything of value for God, no gifts, no talents, no outstanding qualities. I can't speak, I can't sing, I can't teach, I'm not smart, athletic, or musical. I'm shy, and I'm timid, I'm not creative or intuitive. Man, you're kind of like, you're like Napoleon Dynamite right now to God. God only wants Christians that got good skills. Some of y'all will get it, some of you won't. That's okay, it's special to me. I like the movie. God only wants Christians with good skills. I don't have any skills. God can't use me. I don't have any talents. I'm not gifted. I can't, I can't get up on the stage and sing as beautifully as Katie does. I can't teach a Sunday school class like everybody else does. I'm not gifted in that area. I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities. I'm unusable. God, you need to find somebody else that has value because I'm just useless. And then Moses takes it a step further even. It's not just that I'm insignificant. It's not just that I'm ordinary. It's not just that I'm unusable. It's that I'm also inferior. Go back and look at verse 13. Moses, for the fourth time, reasons with God, and he, and he says, Oh, Lord, please, please, send somebody else. Finally, Moses just gets to the point where he announces what he has really been wanting to say all along. God, just send somebody else. Which points to this great insufficiency of thinking, I'm inferior. I know there's someone better, God. I know you've got other options out there that would do a much better job at fulfilling this calling than me. Go find one of them and send them. Don't send me. I'm B-team, man. I'm, I'm coming off the bench. Like, you don't, you don't need me. 
find somebody else because I know you have better options suited for this calling and there's no point in you settling for someone like me. And so there you have it. Four big insufficiencies. And I promise, whether we're real with it or not, I promise everyone in here is dealing with at least one, if not all of them. And so I'm going to ask you right now to, to drag it out, whatever it is. Whether it's number one, two, three, or four, whether it's all of the above, I'm going to ask you right now to drag it out in front of you and confront it. Get face-to-face -face with it. I told you earlier to confront something is to get face-to-face -face with an issue. So I'm asking you, whatever your insufficiency is on this list, if it's one, if it's all of the above, drag it out in front of you these next few moments and get face-to-face -face with it for a minute because I want to help show you what God can do with your insufficiencies. Can I show you some stuff for a minute? Can I help you maybe get past some of this stuff that you're dealing with in your life? I promise you it's beneficial. I promise you it's helpful because I've seen it already take place and effect in my life. I don't know if you noticed the first time we read through the passage or not, but each time Moses brings up an insufficiency, God responds in a way to affirm him. We're going to go back and look at how God responds to each and every one of Moses' reasons for why he can't. So go back and look in chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Moses says to God, I want to remind you what he says to him. If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all all generations. Moses' who I am is met with God's response. M Moses' who am I is met with God's response of who I am. Moses, I know in yourself you feel insignificant. I know in yourself you feel unworthy, but I'm not sending you in your name. I'm sending you in my name, and I am worthy, and I am significant, and I know about your past, but I've called you to this present calling. I've placed you within me and it's covered. Let me tell you guys something tonight. Let your insignificance be confronted by the great I am. Through Christ we are placed in him and covered with his righteousness as we carry his name. I know you've got a past but it's exactly that. It's a past. And if you have given yourself and surrendered to Christ, He has made you a new creation. In Him you are holy, you are chosen, called, adopted, you are set apart into a royal priesthood and named as an ambassador for Jesus on the earth. Let me ask you something. Does that sound insignificant to you? I don't think so. Nowhere in God's Word do I see Him label His people by the term insignificance. You're not. In Christ, I'm just going to boldly say it, in Christ you are not insignificant. But Moses gave a second response. Go back and look in, in chapter 4 and verse 2. And I know we've already read it once, but I've I, I got to read it to you again just so you can see it. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, it's a staff. So Moses has said, if I go, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe me. So God says, what's that in your hand? He says, it's a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. It became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. The Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and became a staff in his hand. 
And then God says, That they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. He put it in his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. And God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. And God says, if they won't believe the first one, perhaps they'll believe the second one. And even if they don't believe that one, he says, when, when they refuse to believe these, take a cup, dip some water out of the Nile, pour it on the ground, and it'll become like blood. Moses' they won't listen is met with God's response of, I'll make them see. They won't listen, God. God says, that's okay. I'll make them see. If they won't use their ears... I'll open their eyes. Moses, I know you feel like you're just plain ordinary. Like there's nothing special about you. Like you don't stand out. Like you don't have any platform or influence. But I love to take ordinary people and do extraordinary things through them. I'll give you the power to perform these supernatural signs so that people will see it. They will know that my extraordinary power is at work in you. All throughout Scripture, guys, God uses ordinary people for extraordinary purposes. Abraham, Noah, David, Gideon, Nehemiah, Ruth, Esther, Rahab, Jacob, Jonah, Hosea, Peter, James, John, Paul, Mary, Stephen, Philip, Lydia, Joseph, Barnabas, Mark. Are you ordinary? Do you feel like you don't stand out? You don't have a platform? You don't have an influence? You don't have a following? Stop letting this keep you from stepping into and fulfilling a calling because let me tell you what I've learned. Being ordinary isn't an inf insufficiency. It's an invitation for God to do extraordinary things through me. Moses says, I'm ordinary. God says, great, phenomenal. They won't listen to me. I know. So I'm going to give you this extraordinary power to be at work in your life so that they can see I'm at work within you, Moses. And God does the same thing for those of us in this room tonight. You might feel ordinary, but listen to me. If you are a born-again believer, you are filled with an extraordinary God. And He can use you to do extraordinary things at work in His kingdom. Let's keep the ball rolling, man, because I really feel like God's trying to set some people free from this stuff tonight. Are you going to let him? Moses keeps going in verse 11 of chapter 4. He keeps rolling it, so it's still not good enough for him. His, sufficiency, his insufficiencies are still overwhelming him. But look, in verse 11, he says, Lord, I'm not, I can't speak. I'm not a good speaker. I can't communicate. I don't have any giftedness. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? <laughs> yeah, I don't, you can't have any comeback for this one. That's why Moses finally says at the end, just send somebody else because he got shut down right here. God, I can't speak. Really, who made your mouth? Who makes a mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth. And teach you what you shall speak. Can't you hear God speaking back to Moses saying, Moses, I know you feel useless. I know you feel like you lack giftedness. I know you feel like you lack talent. I know you feel like you lack quality. You think you're unusable because you stutter and you stammer. And I'm sending you to speak of all things. Don't you find it interesting that God will call you to a place of weakness in your calling? I know you feel unusable because you stutter, because you stammer, because you got a lisp. I don't know what all you got going on. I know you feel unusable because of that. And I'm sending you a place where, where you're going to have to speak. But listen to me, Moses. I made your mouth. I'm the one that brings giftedness into your life. Do you not think the one that created your mouth can use your mouth for his glory? 
For this purpose, Moses, you were created. I formed you and I shaped you and I prepared you for this very moment. So if you're here tonight and because of this deficiency, you feel unusable in the hands of God, like you have no giftedness, you have no talents, you have no qualities to offer Him, I want you to consider something for a second. Why would God take the time to form, mold, and shape a vessel that He couldn't use? Quick answer, He wouldn't. You were created for this purpose, to know God and be used by God. Listen to me. There is not a mouth that he can't speak through. There's not a set of hands that he can't extend a touch through. There's not a mind that he can't transform. There's not a heart that he cannot renew. I promise you that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. You're not unusable. You may think you have nothing to offer. You may think you have no giftedness, no talents, nothing that is special about you, nothing that sets you apart from anybody else. And God says, I promise you, I promise you, I created you for this purpose. And I can use you in it in ways in which you never even imagined. Who made your mouth, Moses? Then we get to the last part. Moses is feeling completely inferior. And so he says, just send somebody else. And look at God's response in verse 14. It says, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Uh-oh. God's been all easy with Moses here lately. God's, God's been affirming Moses every time he had an issue. God's been putting his arm around Moses and, and helping him out. And I'm going to say something that I think you might have a little bit of a problem with at first. But it's true. God will only give so much affirmation before it turns to anger eventually. And I'll tell you why. Because it is sinful of us to continually tell God who can why we can't. Moses says, send someone else. But God responds, you're my choice. Did you hear me? Moses says, send someone else. But God's firm in his choice. Moses, is that not your brother right there? Isn't it a comforting thing to know that, that in your calling that God gives you, He will surround you with people that help you in it? I can't do this, God. I'm inferior. There's no way that I can live up to this stuff. Please just send someone else. But God is fixated on Moses. You're my choice. Listen to me, men and women. Being insufficient is, is a bad thing. It's a struggle for a lot of us. But God does not want to relinquish your calling for somebody else. He is determined that you can fulfill it. Why? Because he knows he can give you what you need to live in it. One more time, I'm asking you to take a stand tonight and to come face to face and confront your insufficiencies. Listen to me. We confront it so that God can conquer it. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. 
It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.